get it in. Dustin Smith. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! I think we found five guys who wanted to play hard enough, compete at the level that we need them to from the start. Um, you know, went with the lineup that really got after it. And it was obviously uh, played about a quarter and a half of good basketball and with the proper intensity and focus. Um, and so we found the right group that got, a, got after it. Um, we got to start off that way. Um, I take ownership on that. Um, I'm one of the energy leaders on this team, so you know I gotta somehow, some way find out how to give that energy from the beginning. If it's on defense, if it's on offense, if it's we're here to fuel Rockets News. This Rockets Field Podcast. I'm your co-host, Lashar Binkley. Of course, you always find me on Twitter at Binkley Hoops. All about written work over at the SB Nation or the Dream Shake. And before we get into last night's unfortunate comeback loss by the Rockets, I want to give my co-host a chance to introduce himself. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Vader. You can find me at Vader Sports on Twitter and Instagram for your Rockets-related news and highlights. And as you saw in those opening clips, Vader, uh, we saw Coach uh, Udoka talking about the last night's loss, and we also saw Dylan Brooks uh, with his choice of a hat, or however you want to call it, whatever that was on top of his head. But uh, we saw them talking about last night's uh, almost historic comeback for the Rockets. That would have been the biggest comeback in uh, franchise history, 28 points. Um, but they weren't able to pull it off at the end. But in today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about last night's loss. Uh, we're also going to talk about the season as a whole. As We want to kind of talk about uh, what exactly is the Rockets team? Are they the team early in the season who were surprising everyone, was in like third or fourth place in the Western Conference uh, was making real strides, seemed like they were going to be one of the big surprise teams of the of the year, or, or they're more like the Rockets are now, where they win one game, lose two, or win two, lose uh, one, kind of kind of going back and forth and hovering around 500. We're going to be talking about that as well in the second segment. But I want to start, of course, with last night's loss where the Rockets came out kind of flat after uh, a big win in Charlotte the night before they got in late, apparently uh, – into Brooklyn, uh, they had some trouble with their flight. Um, they also uh, started off the game really slow. Uh, they struggled from the beginning. They had turnovers. Brooklyn came out really aggressive, uh, really took it to the Rocks. I think they started off the game off 11-2. to uh, It may have to call a quick timeout. And the Rockets struggled for pretty much the entire first half into the third quarter. Uh, they were still trailing by 20 points going into the fourth quarter. Um, but they were able to make that huge comeback with players like Amin Thompson and Cam Whitmore were making big plays. Um, they were able to get it all the way down to one point at the end of the game. Um, but again, it was, a, you know, yes, there was a horrible, uh, should have been a jump ball call, but they ended up calling a foul on Jalen Green. The referees anticipated that he was going to foul, which he didn't. It was pretty obvious that it should have been a jump ball call. But it, again, it shouldn't have came down to that. Alper Shangun had a chance to tie it and possibly send it to overtime, but he missed one or two free throws. But again, Probably shouldn't have came down to that. As you saw, Coach wasn't happy with the way it started. He said he had to find five players that were willing to go out there and play hard in the intensity that he expected, and that's kind of why we didn't see Alper and Shangun play in the fourth, and I know people were upset about that. And Let's get it out of the way real early here. There's no conspiracy against Alper and Shangun by the Rockets franchise. The Rockets have no problem with him being their best player. They have no problem with him being on the court when he's out there playing winning basketball, and yes, 
there's other people that don't play well sometimes, like Fred Van Bleed and even Dylan Brooks. But when it comes to the young players, it's been pretty consistent. If you're not playing well or you're not playing winning basketball, then you're not going to play late in the fourth. And Alperin wasn't playing for most of the fourth quarter uh, for those reasons. But at the end of the day, the game probably shouldn't have came down on that. The Rockets, even with their kind of sporadic play lately, they still are a better team than Brooklyn. So they should have came out with more intensity even after a back-to-back. They should have came out with more intensity, and they didn't until later in the game, and that's when they had that big comeback. But what did you see kind of just overall from the Rockets in this last game? Yes, they had the big win in Charlotte, but Charlotte's not exactly a great measuring stick when it comes to how you're actually playing because Charlotte doesn't really play any defense whatsoever. And Brooklyn kind of took it to the Rockets early and made them fight all the way back and come up short. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the Charlotte game a little bit because that was that was more enjoyable. <laughs> the Charlotte <laughs> game, um, they don't play NBA caliber defense, so we got uh, like a, yeah. a fun game. It was like a G League game, and you know Jalen Green went crazy. He got like his first career double double. Yeah. Um, what do you have? Like 30, 36 points and through three quarters and ten rebounds. We saw the um, the little dust up between Cam Whitmore and Lamelo Ball. That got a lot of like attention on on the internet. They 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 exchange words back and forth. Yeah. But like, um, that's one of the things I like about Cam. Man, Cam is 19 years old and he's just a bull. He don't he didn't back down. Uh, Lamelo Ball is is a star in the NBA right now, and and uh, Cam Whitmore doesn't care. <laughs> Cam Whitmore, no, he doesn't. Like, uh, hey, you know, let's go to the back or whatever. Let's talk about this in the back, you know, <laughs> off this court. You know what I mean? But uh, that was a fun game to watch. You saw, you know, a lot of guys like like really really show out, and and the the scoring was easy. And then you you flip to the Brooklyn game very next night, and and going into the game, I'm thinking, okay, we're gonna play well because we did not extend ourselves the previous night. You know, even though it's a back. Um, most guys did not play heavy minutes. So you you, you assume going into that game is going to be competitive. <clears throat> and then for them to come out and completely lay an egg in the first three quarters, like you said, it, it was very discouraging. And you're like, like, what's going on? I, I do realize we're missing some key players, um, but the intensity level that they came out with, um, the intention that, you know, that they came out with as far as um, being forceful on defense and, and, kind of running the offense correctly and things like that. It just wasn't there. There, there was no, there was no fire. And so I was trying to run like a, a, a live stream during the game and it just made it, it made it, it terrible just because of the fact like you're sitting there, you know, through the first <laughs> quarter, like nobody is scooping. Nobody is like playing defense. Like yeah. Brooklyn is out there just kind of hitting there. I think they hit like their first, I'm probably exaggerating, but I, I want to say they made like 12 of their first 14 shots, something ridiculous. Oh, no, you, you're not exaggerating. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. I don't know the exact stat, but I, I do yeah. remember it was something like that. I think it was 12 or 14 or whatever. But and you're sitting there and you're watching it's like, come on, guys, what's going on? Because uh, like you like you were saying and then alluding to earlier, which is what we're going to talk about later, the one thing that that traveled with this team, the one thing that they could hang their hat on early was their defensive intensity. Yeah. We've seen that that's been that there's there's probably reasons why it's it's fallen off a lot lately. But it's pretty clear, like if this team is not going to lock back in defensively, um, if they're not going to regain that identity that they established at the beginning of the season, I think we're, we're it's kind of wishful thinking at this point uh, as far as them 
you know, making the playoffs, making the playoff push, the schedule that is coming up. Um, you just, you just have to win games like this. You can't lose games to, um, to the, to the, to the Nets. And who was the other game we lost uh, just the other day? Portland. That's a whole other game. Yeah. The Portland game. That's a horrible you loss. You cannot lose these type of games because these are the wins you need because you have, uh, you know, stretches of the schedule where you're going to be playing, you know, the Phoenix Suns of the world. You, you, you have a couple games with the Oklahoma City, City Thunder who have for a lot of the season had the best record in the Western Conference. You know, so like these are the games that you have to come out and at least be competitive and give yourself an opportunity to win and and not leave it to chance at the end of the game. Yeah, there were some bad calls at the end. Um, Cam Thomas stepped out of bounds. Uh, the, the jump ball between Jalen Green and Cam Thomas was called a, a foul on Jalen Green. And then, you know, we had a we had a they were chucking shots at the end. It wasn't just Jason Tate. His just sticks out in my mind the most because he took a step back and now I'm, back I'm yeah. So he passed, he got the ball and I was like, please don't shoot this three pointer because like, I feel like we could just work the ball around and get a better shot. Like if you yeah. get it and it's like a second left and you have to shoot a desperation three, then fine. But he said he started driving to the basket and I'm like, okay, maybe something good can happen from this. And then he took a step back three. And I literally yelled at my screen and I know like the guys who I was watching the game with did as well. And he wasn't the only one who had some egregious uh, shots at the, towards the end of the game. There was, there was some diabolical yeah. stuff going on. Um, Fred Vliet had some uh, questionable shots. Too. Yeah. And, and I think Brooks took a couple that were just kind of like, man, and I know, you know, these guys are trying to win a basketball game, but it was just like, there was no, like, yeah, Fred v, Fred did take one. It was a guy like a foot away from him <laughs> and then in his face. But um, I don't know, man. Part of the, you know that that not having Shingun in the game affects you offensively. I can't really argue with it too much because of the fact that like they did make their run, you know, to to put the game in striking distance with him on the bench. But like in those situations, situations right there, when you don't have your best offensive player on the floor and your offensive hub in the game, you do probably see you know some some less structure offense, but the shot selection was just bad. You know, they, they, we could have gotten better shots. I think guys were like, okay, I'm going to be the hero and, and not in a, not in a negative way, but you know, I just wish we would have, I wish we would have approached those last, those last couple of minutes a little bit, a little bit differently. Yeah. And let's not, you know, get it twisted. There's some, even besides Shangun, there's some like Fred Van Vliet, for instance, his play has fallen off lately. And we were talking a little bit about this before the show. I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, he at the beginning of the year for most of the first part of the year, he was at the top or near the top in minutes played. And that's just not sustainable for somebody that's 30 years old. That's maybe 5'10", 5'11". I doubt he's six feet because I'm I'm over six feet, a little over six feet. And we're I'm you know, I'm pretty much at the same height or a little bit taller than he is. So just imagine trying to go up against six five six six super athletic guys on the perimeter and then you get into the rim and you got seven feet athletic guys and you're trying to shoot over them that's hard for anybody to do especially somebody you know now is you know 30 years old is playing 39 40 minutes a game he played another 39 minutes last night i think it's getting to the point now you could tell even like last night game where his shot is off because he's probably is getting worn down and it's it's getting to the point now where Oh, man, it's getting a lot more comfortable. He probably needs to start getting some more of those minutes, and that'll help Fred in the long run because 
if you look at the standings, and we'll talk a little bit more about this in a second segment, but if you look at the standings, it's really going to come down to three teams for that final playing spot. I don't think the Rockets are going to catch the Lakers. I don't think they're going to catch the Mavericks. I think both of those teams are going to probably, you know, get even further ahead in the standings. It's going to come down to the Warriors, the Rockets, and surprisingly enough, the Jazz, those three teams for that final playing spot. And if you're looking on the outside looking in, you're probably like, okay, the Warriors are going to take that spot, even though they have been struggling too. But again, they, they've been there, done that. The Rockets yeah, haven't been there, done that. Exactly. So you need all these wins, like you were saying, especially against teams like Brooklyn who have been struggling big time lately to win any type of game. So you cannot lose games that you're supposed to win because now you go up against the Lakers team who – Maybe that'll help you tomorrow. The fact that they have to play a double overtime tough game against the Warriors, but you're still going up against possibly if they don't sit them out. LeBron and AD and and the Lakers, who right now you're one game behind in the loss column, but you have to take those games. I, I think a lot of times the Rockets, I don't think if it, I don't know if it's consciously or not, but a lot of times they think that they're going against teams that have a worse record than them. They can kind of just roll the ball out and win these games, but they're not good enough yet to go out there and just kind of like, okay, we can turn it on whenever we want to. They're not the Boston Celtics. They're not Milwaukee Bucks. They're not, you know, the, those type of teams that feel like they can just go out and just turn it on at any time and win games. They have to play hard from the start. And lately the Rockets haven't been playing with that same type of intensity as they did earlier. Like I said, they're missing players that play with that type of intensity, like uh, Tari Eason, but it's really no excuse for other players to come out and kind of play lackadaisical like they did uh, yesterday to start the game. Yeah, so, like, that's one of the things. Like, I know um, some some of my friends, they, they're like, yeah, this team is is bad. They're, they're um, you know, I think that because we're losing, you know, you're losing some of these games that they should that they should win. And I've been kind of like, if you if you look like player for player, you know, Alfred Shingun is an all-star. But, like, if you just go down these rosters, when you take Tyree Eason out of the lineup, you take Jabari Smith Jr. out of the lineup, uh, we we were without Dylan Brooks for several games, too. You take some of those guys yeah. out of the lineup and you just go player for player. Like you said, we're not a lot we're not a lot better, like, roster-wise, you know, than, than these teams. So, like, they cannot take these these teams lightly when they go into the game because, like, when we're not we're not deep enough for that. And, and, and some of it isn't just – um, who who are missing from the lineup? It's the guys, respectfully, who who are taking up their minutes in replacement. So you know we've seen uh, Reggie Bullock minutes, not a lot, but he's gotten his opportunity to try to come in and fill some of those minutes. Uh, we see more Jock Landale minutes at times. We've seen more um, Jason Tate minutes at times, and he he hasn't really been that good this year so far. We've seen. Um, Who's it? Jeff Green. Like Jeff Green. Um, yeah, he's starting to has, fall off some. He's starting to, and I, and you know what? He's been playing heavy minutes too. You know, maybe yeah. maybe Jeff Green in fifteen minutes is a is a serviceable uh, and and a p- player who can contribute to winning. Maybe thirty minutes and thirty five minutes, Jeff Green is not so good, right? So, yeah, we need to get healthy. <clears throat> hopefully, hopefully uh, Stone is able to like swing something during the um, trade before the trade deadline. Not. You know, it doesn't even have to be a starter caliber player. I know a lot of people are like hoping that he brings in somebody who can start for Jalen Green or whatever. Um, you know, I'd be perfectly happy with them bringing in a backup <laughs> dude or bringing in, um, I don't know, bringing in another another some more scoring punch that you could put at the at the shooting guard position. 
bringing in another guy who can take away some of Fred Van Vliet's minutes. I mean, hopefully, I mean, best case scenario, I feel like that should be Yaman Thompson. And I told you this before, like, I kind of feel like he's not playing enough. Um, I feel yeah. like when he does go in the game, he's impactful. He's he's definitely impactful defensively. Uh, we saw, you know, the game against Charlotte. He 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 didn't have a triple-double, but if he would have played more minutes, he he definitely could have gotten a triple-double on 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 that team. And how many guys on the team other than Alperen Shingun can you say is a triple-double threat? Like, it's, it's Shingun. And it's Amon Thompson, and I don't think he's playing enough. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's it, because he – there's other players that may do specific things better than Amon, but Amon is the type of player that can do multiple things well. I mean, he's a really good rebounder. He's already really good on the defensive end. He's probably one of the best players the Rockets have as far as playing in the dunker spot because he he knows how to move around the basket. He knows how to be in the right spot, especially with Shane Yoon has the ball, and that's something you definitely need. You need – you need players that know how to cut to the basket at the right time. Sort of like a, they, they're missing with Tari Eason because Tari Eason does that very well. He's a very good person as far as cutting to the basket. So Ahmed, of course, and he gives you, of course, he gives you the great passing and he gives you a person that can actually run out on the fast break because the Rockets are probably, last time I checked, was the slowest paced team in the league. And a lot of that has to do with Fred Van Vliet. Is that's just not that's not his game. He's not a really up and down type of player. He's more of a set, uh, running a set offensive type of uh, point guard. But Amen and Cam, they get out on the fast break, and that's something the Rockets sorely need because if it's not Alperen Shangun down in the post, who is kind of your go to guy on the offensive end? Jalen's been playing better. Don't get me wrong. He said, really- he said he was going to be more aggressive. I'd like to see if he actually yeah. keeps that up. And I, one thing yeah. I wouldn't mind you, like if you could maybe ask him, I know he's mentioned several times uh, in some of the interviews that I've seen you record that when when um, when he's in a game with Fred, he prefers Fred to handle the ball and he wants him to kind of play off ball and learn how to play yeah. via off ball players. And I'm and I, you know, even like the Toronto Raptors fans, they always talk about how like good Fred is off ball. Off ball. And, yeah. and so I always wonder in the back of my mind, like, has he? I mean, I don't, I don't know how this, how you would phrase this, but it, it just seems to me like it would be a natural fit for um, Amon Thompson to hand, take over playmaking duties and then let uh, Fred Van Vliet, who's actually, you know, I'm sure he's a knockdown spot up three point shooter, four spacer, all of that stuff. And it just seems like that would that would that would work. And so, like, I, I don't know why we don't see more of that. And it's kind of inverted. And you got you have Fred Van Vliet, who, like we said, it he's very good in the pick and roll <clears throat> with Alperen Shingun. He's more limited, though, like as far as what kind of passes he can make. Uh, he People complain that he doesn't make skip passes to the corner. And I'm like, well, he can't see those guys over there. And even if he could or see the alley hoop, yeah. how's he going to get them there? You know, how's he how's yeah. he going to get the ball over some of these guys heads or whatever? And you have a guy in Amon Thompson who has shown, you know, in his limited playing time that he can get downhill and he can make those reads. And so, like, I just envision I'm in handling the ball and getting that ball to Fred Van Vliet right in his shooting pocket, him knocking down a three-pointer. But, hey, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just a guy on the podcast. (laughs) Well, and and this is something we talked about, actually, um, before the season because if you go back and look at a lot of the Raptors' previous games where Fred was playing – they ran a lot of inverted pick and rolls where Siakam was the guy that actually was handling the ball and Fred was set to pick and he would kind of, uh, instead of, you know, of course, roll it to the basket, he would kind of float out to the three-point line and that's where he would get a lot of his uh, spot-up threes. And I think that would help his percentages as well because a lot of times now 
he's trying to get these threes off the dribble, and that's not necessarily his game. It's trying to take he's not Steph Curry trying to take people off a dribble mm-hmm. and get a a, a a three that way. That's not really his game. I think having Amin on the court more with Fred and having Fred kind of coming off the screens or being more of a spot up shooter, like you said, I think that will help him in the long run. And I think they did a little bit of that yesterday. We saw Fred and Amin on the court together. Um, but I think as more and more they get used to uh, Amen being on the court and more minutes he gets, I think you'll see that more and more, especially if Jalen is not as consistent as, you know, as he needs to be, as he hasn't been so far. Like I said, he's been playing a little bit better lately, but it's a ma- you know, it's kind of a matter of time whether he's going to continue to do that. Um, but we might see Amen and Fred on the court more, and I think that would help Fred just overall because right now he's trying to, run the offense and then he's trying to also get up threes over you know defenders with a hand in his face i think it'll help his overall game if he's playing more off ball like you said before we move on to something else though like what's your take on cam whitmore like what have you seen from him like the past like few games or whatever so i think cam whitmore is exactly what the rockets need because the rockets don't have a lot of guys that can get their own shot now of course there's some things that cam need to do better he his shot selection is kind of questionable sometimes because when he gets the ball, he's usually shooting the ball. Yeah. And that's sometimes that's a great thing. That's sometimes that's something you need. Like last night, you needed people that were willing to go out there and be aggressive and get their own shot. But sometimes that can kind of affect the offense if it's a quick shot and you don't get a chance to get the ball down to Shangoon or you don't get a chance to run the offense. But Overall, I think he needs to continue to get minutes even when Tari's and Jabari gets back because you need players like him that's aggressive, that can get out on a fast break. The Rockets don't have a lot of players like that. And that's willing to go up against anybody that's not going to be back down and not going to be hesitant as far as taking a shot because we saw what happened when he went up against, like you said, went up against Charlotte and Lomelo Ball got in his face. He didn't back down. What did he do? He went out and hit four threes in the fourth quarter and he continued to talk his – he t- continue to talk mess the entire fourth quarter. You need that type of energy yeah. intensity because that's the one thing we know that MA loves is somebody that plays with intensity. I'm he's willing guy. to deal with mis- Yeah, he's willing to deal with mistakes as long as you're going out there playing hard every game because not everybody in the NBA does that. Some players, some games they play hard and some games they don't. With tar- people like Tari Eason and Cam, you know, every single game. They may not make the right plays all the time, but they're going to go out there and play hard every single game. And I'm willing to look past some mistakes because, you know, you're going to get uh, 100% effort from Cam every single game. Yeah, I think his – uh like, he, he has his warts. He's 19 years old, and I think – Yeah. Um, they've obviously been getting with him in the film room and showing him he, – he's making effort sometimes. There, there are some times where he gets the ball, and I, I know he wants to shoot it. He gets it through <laughs> shooting motion, and he yeah. passes it. Uh, there, he had a pretty egregious one last night. I think um, I think Jalen Green was wide open right next to him, and he started to like go to the basket. Yeah. <laughs> he, he thought about passing it to him, and then he ended up making a pass. Uh, I forgot who was under the basket, but they got a layup, so it it, it wasn't pretty. But I think he's starting to think the game more. Um, but the one, like you said, the one thing he can do is score score that basketball. He can dunk. He can shoot. He's a, he's a walking highlight reel. Um, he's aggressive. Uh, he has ira- irrational confidence, and by that I mean like he can miss eight shots in a row, and then he thinks he's gonna make the next ten. Yeah, and um, I, I like that. Um, hopefully, you know, 
over the course of the next year or two, they can start smoothing out some of those rough edges. But like, I think the Rockets might have uh, gotten a gem at 20. Yeah. And, and that's with the Rockets lack of offense and lack of players that can get their own shot. You need somebody like Cam Whitmore. And I think the more playing time he gets, the more he'll get used to being able to make those passes instead of taking a shot. And I think that's really that's a real easy fix. So that's not something I would rather have somebody that takes too many shots but can make those shots than somebody that is is real hesitant and they can't get off their own shot without having some type of play being ran for them. So I think whatever issues he does have, they're really minor things that can be fixed. Pretty and he can rebound by this coaching staff, and he can rebound, and he's willing to play defense. And I think he eventually he'll get even. He may not ever be a lockdown defender. Maybe he will, but he'll always at least be good enough on the defensive end to where you won't have to worry about, okay, they're targeting Cam Whitmore. Right, yeah. You know, like like certain players get targeted mm-hmm. on certain teams. So I don't think you ever will have to worry about that with Cam. Yeah, because this one-on-one defense isn't that bad. It's uh, yeah. it's the help defense. And, you know, like most of these guys don't come into the NBA, with, you know, ready to play solid NBA help defense. That's like the yeah. hardest thing for them. Uh, but his own ball defense, I would I would say, you know, is 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 passable. It's good enough right now. Hopefully, he can get better. You know, he has guys on the team with um, Fred Van Vliet and 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 Dylan Brooks and Tarius and guys like that who even Jabari. I think Jabari's taking a a, a a huge step forward defensively this season from last season. And so he he has a wealth of knowledge around him. Uh, as long as he's coachable, um, I think sky's the limit for that dude. Yeah, absolutely. And that's going to do it for the first segment. Second segment, we're going to talk, take a more of a broader look at uh, the Houston Rockets and kind of get a feel on if this is kind of what the team they're going to be unless they make some moves or if they more be, are they going to be more like the team they were earlier in the season where they were uh, surprising a lot of people? They were like really in the middle of the playoff picture and Will they go back to that team? Does it have more to do with the injuries? Like we were talking a little bit about in the first segment, we're going to talk a little bit about that and kind of give a preview of the Rockets and Lakers uh, game coming up on tomorrow, which is another big game, especially when it comes to the playoffs, because we're already past the halfway mark as far as the schedule is concerned, uh, even though we haven't got to the all-star break yet, but we're past the 41 game mark. So every single game is a huge game at this point. There's no more early in the season. You can kind of make up for it type of thing. Every game is a huge game, so we'll preview a little bit of the Lakers game as well, come up in the second segment. So please stick around, and we'll be right back. And welcome back to the Rocket Fuel Podcast, presented by Believe. Again, I didn't actually mention that at the beginning, but if you didn't know that uh, Rocket Fuel is not part of the Believe Network, so we're definitely happy to be part of that network and looking forward to bigger and better things coming in the future. Uh, so make sure you check it out all the podcasts on the Believe Network because there's a lot of great podcasts on there, a lot of former players doing podcasts. So uh, it's definitely a network that's growing fast, so make sure you check them out. And on this uh, second segment, uh, we're going to be touching a little bit more on some of the topics we talked about in the first part uh, where we were talking about a bigger picture of the Rockets and what exactly – who exactly are the Rockets? Are they the Rockets at the beginning of the year that were surprising everybody? Are they the Rockets now who are winning the game, losing the game, kind of going back and forth and hover around 500? So what's kind of your opinion on that? Are we looking at what the Rockets are going to be the rest of the season right now as far as, yes, they can beat the better teams in the league, but they can also easily lose to the bad teams in the NBA as well? And are 
can they go back to kind of at the beginning of the year where they were surprising a lot of people? And once they get back players like Tari and Jabari, we'll start seeing more of the defensive intensity that we saw at the beginning of the year. Because if you look at the numbers, the Rockets were actually the number one defensive team in the league a big chunk of the first part of the year. But now they dropped down to number 10 and points allowed. Um, it's been even worse the last two or three weeks. So what team are the Rockets? Are they the beginning of the year Rockets? And they're just kind of struggling right now, or this is what the Rockets are. They're just a hovering around 500 team. I think you touched you touched on it a lot. Of what I was thinking, like early in the season, you saw like a defensive intensity that we honestly we haven't seen a whole lot of even prior to the injuries. Um, I think you started to see uh, like some regression with the defense. Uh, so I don't. It's it's kind of hard to say, but I will say. I feel like in order for them to get back to their winning ways to where they're a team that's an above 500 team, it has to be defensively. This team is not equipped. um, I don't know from if it's a personnel uh, thing or if it's just from an X's and O's perspective, but they're, they're not good offensively. They just aren't. (laughs) It's not a good offensive team. And and I even like said earlier in the season when we were uh, winning more consistently that for me, it was kind of hard to watch. Um, because it just was, it was really clunky. It was kind of a mess. Uh, but like, I was fine with it because we were playing good enough defense to win basketball games. So like, I'm not, I'm not going to complain about the offense. Um, when, when they're scoring enough points to win games and the defense is locking people up. But now that the defense has slid a little, you start to see more of the warts, uh, that the offense has. I think it's limited. We, we run a lot of, um, uh, Fred Van Vliet, uh, Shingun pick and roll and I think a lot of teams have started to figure that out and they're trying to take Shingun away and so what is the counter to that and we haven't seen enough uh like effective counters to where the team looks looks good offensively or even looks looks decent at times um we have some like pretty good like individual performances from guys who are just going out there and creating their own shots but um I, I don't think we can confuse Emi Adoka for, you know, an offensive guru. Like, you know, we've, we've had, you know, Rick Adelman, Mike D'Antoni, uh, but we've also had, you know, Jeff Van Gundy, who was a good coach in his own right, but he was a defensive-minded coach. And I think that's more of what we have here with with Yadoka, which is fine. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is offensively. I don't know if they maybe need to bring another guy in to kind of, like, help, help that out. You know how – like Dan Tony had to bring in a guy to help him with the with the defense, you know, be basically yeah. his uh, defensive coordinator. You know, Yudoka might need an offensive coordinator, but like as far as right now in the interim, as we you know go towards the end of the season, I think the the best way for them to get back to winning is to like reestablish what made them who they were in the beginning of the season, and that was the defense, that was the intensity on defense, that was them trying to lock guys up. The 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 point of attack defense was good. The help defense was good. The rotations were solid. Guys were flying around to the ball. And you haven't seen as much of that lately. We've been giving up a lot of points. Um, we've let some guys get hot on us and, and like, have really good shooting nights against us. And so that's what I want to see. And, and, and yes, you're missing Tariqson, who, you know, by most of, like, any impact, you know, statistics you want to look at is probably one of our top two or three players. You're missing Jabari Smith Jr., who has been a very good player for us this season as far as playing defense and 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 being a floor spacer. So I don't want to minimize the fact that you've taken those two guys out. Dylan Burst was uh, out for an extended period of time. So, yeah, when you take guys out of the lineup that are, like, actually good defenders, uh, yeah, your defense is going to be worse. 
<clears throat> as you alluded to earlier, you can't have games like yesterday where you just come out with no intensity. Uh, that that's that's completely different. There's a difference yeah. between um, ability to do it and want to, right? So like I might have Fred Van Bleet, who he just doesn't have the ability to do certain things, right? But you know, you you can tell when a when a person is coming out and, and playing and they're not playing as hard or they're you know, yeah. they're not bringing that same level of intensity. There's a, there's a difference. Like you know, some guys are limited, but um, you should never your 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 effort and your intensity should never should never waver the way this team does, if, especially if they actually are trying to make the playoffs. And I know they are. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the biggest thing for me because a lot of times you hear a coach saying, "Yeah, we didn't come out with the intensity." Uh, Dylan even said it yesterday, as you heard earlier in the show, um, that they didn't have the intensity, and part of that was his fault. Um, I, you know, and again, I understand it's a long season. Um, these they're they're human beings, just like anybody else. They get tired, and it's not easy to go from you know playing one night, getting in late, and then playing against a team that you probably think you're better than anyway, and come and play with that intensity, but you can't let those type of games start to snowball and run together because one game turns into three games and then three games turn into six games. And guess what? You're on, you're, you're now in the 11th spot instead of possibly in the playing spot uh, with a possibility of moving on to the actual playoffs and all these games start to add up at the end of the year. So yes, you're not going to always make shots. Yes. Your defense is not always going to be top of the league, but one thing that should always be there is your intensity and how hard you play. And some of the game recently, we just haven't seen that from the Rockets. Uh, another thing I want to kind of get to is the all-star reserves will be coming out, be announced on February 1st, uh, Thursday. And we all saw that Shangun did not make, uh, did not get named as all-star starter. We all kind of thought that was a long shot, but what do you think his chances to be named a reserve? Cause you still got players in the front court, like, uh, Kawhi Leonard, like a Paul George, even a Laurie Marketing from Utah. You still have several other players that could possibly um, still get named. But again, Alper Shangun, you put his number up against anybody. He has some of the best numbers of any front court player in the league. And I don't know exactly when they have to make the decision, but I think the game tomorrow is going to be a, a lot of eyes on that game with the Rockets and the Lakers. So that's a, definitely a big opportunity again for Alper Shangun to show that he's one of the best front court players in the league. But what do you think his chances of being one of the reserves uh, announced on Thursday? I don't know. I have this like Houston against the world type of mentality. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just feel like I feel like some for some reason, I feel like they're going to cheat him out of a, a well-deserved all-star appearance. Like I think he like like you said, you put his numbers up against any of those guys and he's he clearly um, deserves a spot. You know, but every year there's a there's a guy or two who deserves to get in and they don't make it. And yeah. um, I think there's a there's a there's a chance that uh, when 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 the names are announced, that his name might not be on there. Um, and, and make no mistake about it. I think he deserves to be there um, like over like most of the guys that you would that you would mention. Um, Chet Holmgren, he he's a guy who who is a guy who he's going to be competing with as far as making it. Obviously, Wimby. Wimby's kind of coming on lately, too. And not, <clears throat> I don't know. I just kind of find I find it hard to believe that the NBA is going to have an all-star game and don't put their, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, put their unicorn, put their, their yeah, cat, you know, whatever you want to call him. He He's next up. Uh, I saw him do a, a, 
some of you may not be familiar with the name of this dribble move, but it's called a shamrock. Sure, uh, yes. <laughs> I've only seen like small people do it. And this dude is seven foot five. And he did, he did it in a game yesterday. Like they want that dude in the all-star game. So there's going to be some politics, some things behind the scenes. I, I don't know. I, I want Alpi to make it and I think he deserves to make it, but I think it's going to be an up, up, uphill battle and a, and a fight. And if he does get in, um, we got to throw a party in Houston. So let me go through some of the names real quick. Um, so we all know LeBron, Jokic, and Durant were the front court players that made it. Then you have players like Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, like I said, Paul George, like you mentioned, Victor Wimbayama, even though, again, I think if you're just looking at overall impact on winning, which I know – they claim they don't look at when it comes to all-star voting, but I think that should have something to do with it. Apple and Shangona has, has had a bigger impact as far as winning. And then, like I said, Lori Marketing, and like you said, Chet Holgram. And I think I agree with you. I think that they're going to try to either shoehorn in Victor Wimbiyama somehow but or give a legacy invite to players like Kawhi mm-hmm. Leonard or, or Paul George or somebody like that. And I think what ends up happening is Shangun should make it as a reserve, but I think like a Kawhi Leonard is going to probably get voted in and then probably not play something like that's going to happen. And then he'll, hopefully he'll get in that way. But I think, like you said, when it comes to the NBA, as far as looking at just Houston overall, I don't think they first look to Houston when they're trying to, and I know the coaches have a lot to, they're, they're the ones actually making this vote. But if we don't think the NBA has some type of influence in it, I think that's kind of being a little bit naive when we're looking at the final tally because at the end of the day, it is about entertainment and it is about what they kind of want in the NBA All-Star game. So I think he should make it. Do I think he will make it? I don't think he will make it initially, but I think he has a chance to make it as like an injury reserve type of player. And I I do think down the line he's going to make several All-Star teams. I just I don't know about this year. This is kind of his first breakout season. And so yeah. they do they do take some of that into consideration. If you if you didn't come in with the fanfare of a Victor Wimbenyama, it's kind of an uphill battle. We saw with Yao Ming when Yao Ming first came into the <clears throat> NBA, uh, he didn't have to really work for his All Star appearances at first. You know, he kind of got him because he's just a, a huge megastar. Um, LP earned his All Star, you know, his All Star talk this season, and I think moving forward, like I think he's going to make some, especially when the Rockets surround him with with better shooting. Like, just yeah. think about, like, all the stuff he's doing right now with, with like, mediocre shooting around him. When you, <laughs> you, you have a guy like um, um, Jokic. Jokic, uh, and, and then you have Sabonis. Those guys have, like, snipers around them. You know what I mean? And, and so Shingun is, like, actually, like, he's doing a lot with West Room. <laughs> so, like, just imagine when, when teams can't collapse all those players on him. And if they do, he just kicks it out. And you got, like, a, a guy who – is going to knock down, you know, pretty much every shot you you every every pass you throw out to him, who the defense yeah. is afraid to leave like Michael Porter Jr. and you know Jamal Murray, Keegan Murray's those kind of guys. So Well, like, let's be honest, Shangun should probably be averaging 7 8 assists a game yeah. right now and he's not because like you said, right, especially the last few weeks the Rockets have been the worst shooting team in the league the last 3 or 4 weeks. So it's a yeah. lot of assists that are being left on the table. Right. So just imagine how good he's he he we keep forgetting he's 21 because it's a, it's year three and it kind of feels like he's been here and 
he's he he he's mature, so he kind of seems older than that. This is twenty one year old we're talking about who's just yeah. really scratching the surface, and the guys around him are also young, and you know, and there like I said, there is a lack of shooting, and so like when some of those things start to like catch up to where he is to to the level that he's playing, like I think you're gonna see him take yet another leap, and that's kind of scary. And yeah, so the All Star game, like it's not the end of the world if he doesn't make it. I'm, I'm, I think we'll all be disappointed, but me personally, I won't be surprised. And I do hope he gets in still from like maybe a guy making it who's been to like 10 or 12 of them. And it's like, yeah, you know what? I'd rather just be off this weekend and then he yeah. can get in that way. Yeah, because he absolutely deserves it, you know, with his play the entire season. And he's the number one reason why the Rockets are actually one win away from tying their record from last season before even before the All-Star break, which is just crazy. Um one more thing before we wrap up the show real quickly. I uh, want to get your thoughts on tomorrow's game against the Lakers. We're right now assuming that, that everybody's going to be playing for the Lakers tomorrow. So uh, real quick, do you think uh, if you had to just kind of give a percentage, what do you think the percentage uh, chance that the Rockets actually win tomorrow's game, which they are playing at home and they do play better uh, Portland game, notwithstanding they do usually play better at home. And this is the first matchup since the whole dust up back in LA with, uh, M.A. and LeBron and Dylan and LeBron. So, soft, soft boy. <laughs> yeah. So all that's going to be, you know, kind of swirling around tomorrow as well. So what's kind of your thoughts on tomorrow's game? I'm thinking 50-50 because, like, yeah. the Lakers have LeBron. They have Anthony Davis. But I think they're going to get up for a Lakers team. That's a team that they always seem to, like, have a little extra juice for. I don't think they're going to come out and have any kind of, like, intensity issues like they no. had. Um, going against the Brooklyn Nets because you are going up against hopefully LeBron James and you're going up against, you know, a team that's won a championship the past few years. You know, it's the Lakers. It's the Lakers, baby. You got you got to get up for the Lakers. Uh, D-Lo's been, D-Lo's been hooping. Um, he hit a big shot yesterday. Well, he hit a few big shots yesterday in that game. Then you have the whole um, – you remember when Yadoka played that whole Team USA thing against Jalen Green? Uh, <laughs> him and Austin Reeves, yeah, Austin Reeves, yeah, yeah. You still have that that little underlining story, and see, that was one of like Jalen Green's best games of the season. You know what yeah. I mean? And so, there's just so many like reasons to be excited about this game if everybody does play. And uh, you know, even though they're they'll be shorthanded, I think guys will be up for it. The only reason I would give it more than a fifty percent chance if um if we were actually at four string, since it is at yeah. home, but you know. If Jabari doesn't play again and, and, and Tari's out, um, I think that does minimize our, our chances of beating a team like that. Yeah, so Jabari should be back tomorrow. That's what they say. Oh, um, so hopefully hopefully he'll be back tomorrow. I don't think – well, I'm pretty sure Tari won't be playing tomorrow. But hopefully Jabari will be back tomorrow. So I, I agree, which is a 50-50 chance. And that's the one good thing. There's a zero chance that they come out with low intensity against a Lakers team that, you know, everybody gets up to play the Lakers, especially the Rockets, especially uh, M.A. is going to make it a point to get across to them what happened last game. So oh, yeah. they'll come out with you know, some type of fire intensity tomorrow, so it should be a really good game. Um, I will be out at tomorrow's game, so we'll have all the pre- and post-game coverage up on our YouTube page. Uh, as usual, we appreciate all the support. Uh, we definitely appreciate being on the Believe Network now. Um, it's been great so far. We definitely appreciate everybody that gives us likes and subscribes. 
Please let us know down in the comments again. Do you think Alperin Shagun is going to make the uh, All-Star Reserve that's going to be announced on Thursday? And what do you think of the Rockets so far? Do you think that the Rockets can turn it around and become more of a team they were at the beginning of the year? Or do you expect them to kind of just hover around 500 like they've been uh, the last few weeks? Uh, what do you think the Rockets should do also in the trade market? Do you think they need a big man more? Or do they need more scoring like uh, Vader has been talking about earlier You know, with the Rockets not having a lot of – help on the offensive end. So definitely let us know down in the comments. Like I said, we appreciate all the support. Vader, of course, I appreciate you as usual jumping on and helping me co-host the show. Appreciate you too, brother. We'll see you again in a few days, man. Absolutely. And uh, like I said, definitely appreciate support. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. And also leave comments because that always helps us with the YouTube algorithm so more people can see these videos. And as usual, make sure you check out the next episode of Rockets Fuel Podcast.